Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Why We Love dot dot dot. Um, a confusing title which we may uh, workshop a little bit. Uh, my name's David. Hello, my name's Sam, and this truly is a podcast about nothing. <laughs> we were doing funny lines, great. <laughs> yeah, we were. You tried, but you failed. Uh, that should be a hint to you, listener. So, this is a podcast. Yeah, a this scary is a scary new format where we're not going to talk about an episode of a TV show because uh, that's old, that's stale. We're we're moving on. We're men in our thirties. We're at the very cutting edge of pop culture and what's popular. <laughs> you know, I even know vaguely how to spell the words TikTok, which I'm given to understand is where all notable things happen. Yes, yes, yes. This is this is a podcast about nothing, and it's uh, it's a podcast about Seinfeld, which I think is like one of our favourite shows. Um, as you say, Dave, we are on the cutting edge of what's relevant, and so we're yeah. going to talk about this show just, from the early nineties. Just to talk about how we are on the cutting edge, of course. Not only are we talking about a show from the early nineties, we're talking about a show from the early nineties that we only watched. Two to three years ago. Yeah, not very long ago at all. I know. It's funny, isn't it, Seinfeld? It's like one of those shows, just from a UK perspective, it's never really... I don't think it has the same like cultural cachet that something like Friends, The Simpsons, even Cheers and Frasier, like all of these American imports. You talk to people like Seinfeld, they've never seen it. They don't even know really what that word means. Like They just have no conception. And I don't know... I don't know necessarily why it's not necessarily as popular over here, um, I but it's an think, interesting thing. Sam, I think it's just got that. Friends is the seminal um, sitcom, really. Um, I would say Seinfeld is the superior one, but like it's the seminal sitcom, mm-hmm. like worldwide, and that's because yeah. everyone on it's quite young, attractive, and likable, and like Seinfeld. They're not that young. Most of them aren't very attractive. <laughs> and none of them are likeable. And so it's kind of like the anti-sitcom in a lot of yeah. ways. Like, it's really funny and it's really caustic and it's really silly and it's really exaggerated, but it's not uplifting. It's not heartwarming. It's, not. it's, it's dark, isn't it? It's quite dark. It's quite silly. Uh, it's quite yeah. mean-spirited in, in a lot of ways. And and as And as Larry David has said quite famously, you know, no hugs, no lessons. Like that is the that is the the, the overriding thing with Seinfeld, isn't it? Is that it? You know, l- less it being a show about nothing, which I think is is not really true necessarily. I don't. I don't think. I think that's the show that they invent. They're almost taking the, the, the piss out of yeah, the yeah. show. But really, that's what the show is about. It's no hugs, no lessons. It is a show about people being pretty obnoxious and horrible, and that's pretty much it. Like we don't have the same Ross and Rachel. Well, will they? Won't they? Between Jerry and Elaine, which which is, I mean, that could, that absolutely would be in every other version. No, of this, what we have instead, universe. Sam, is we have please not this again. No more of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it it's just, and I, but I think it's probably it probably does explain why it's not necessarily as popular. But but there does seem to be a bit of a resurgence. So we're probably on the wave of this. Of like Seinfeld being recognised um, by a younger audience. You see, I've, I've seen a few articles online of people saying, "Well, I'm just discovering this Seinfeld thing," and actually, it's we amazing talked about how... this Sam on our friends episode. Because do you know why Netflix acquired the rights 
Absolutely. And they paid, they, they drove 10 dump trucks of money to Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> house. Uh, they, they actually crushed the house, all of the money, the weight of it. And so they built him a new house and then they built up an entire wing for his sacks of cash. It's like hundreds of millions, wasn't it? And I'm, I'm going to Google money. You, it's a lot. You remember that, um, incidentally, do you remember that 30 Rock joke, um, which made meant nothing to us at the time, uh, where um, Jerry Seinfeld, they start, they, they um, create a new show called Seinfeld Vision, where they basically use archive footage from Seinfeld to have yeah. Jerry Seinfeld host game shows. <laughs> and Jerry Seinfeld himself comes into the office to like threaten to sue them. And the joke is that he's so rich from all the money he made from Seinfeld that he he knows the name of the private island that you have to be so you have to be incredibly wealthy to even have heard of. Yeah, um, slightly slightly dark version of that in my head is like he's talking about the Epstein Island. <laughs> Sam, please, 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 can't we have <laughs> slightly dark something? Version. Can't we have something that doesn't directly involve human trafficking? Please, absolutely not. So five hundred million is how much five. Hundred million for five years. It's just five years, George. It's just five years. So this, this, <laughs> like we're talking half a billion pounds that that, uh, and not just obviously Larry David, the entire cast, but all every you know, the caterers are making tens of thousands of dollars on this show every year, and it came out thirty years ago. You know, and and that is that I think in the same way that Friends um, manages to achieve this. But we are we are a whole other level, and and I think it means that it's being reevaluated. Seinfeld is kind of coming back, and it's amazing how much these episodes are still relevant now, even though there's no texting, there is no internet. Well, it's there's a couple of th- like parallels I draw in my head, much like a, any mad person. I'm not I'm not quite yet uh, red stringing um, and you know drawing pins on the wall yet. It was watch this space. I can see um, your. I can see behind you. Behind you. Shut up! In the wall. Shut up! I'll find him. <laughs> I'll find the murderer. Um, but like, in my mind, so Seinfeld is kind of like Friends. Is I think very much a. And we're going to talk about Friends a lot. I think because it's that kind of like parallel type of show where Friends mm. is a continuation of the kind of classic sitcom where you know like Cheers or Frasier. You know, to Friends, like it's a very sort of by row, like you said. Everyone learns a lesson. Everyone hugs and makes up at the end of the episode. Like, you know, there's always a will they won't they. Like every there's always every all the time at any any given time there are a couple of these sitcoms on TV, and that's kind of been the case for the last sort of 50, 60 years, really. Seinfeld though was like I think the first comedy that broke that mold in terms of the first sitcom that broke that mold in terms of like like you said, Larry's David's no hugs, no one learns a lesson kind of kind of message. That kind of leads directly into like a lot of the the modern shows that we love so so much. Um, I'm going to throw one at you. Arrested Development is a great irreverent funny show where all of the characters are fucking horrible and like nobody ever. There's no self improvement in that TV show. No. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's an even That's... more exa- exaggerated example of that. And well, that, that... Go I'm going to say one more thing that I think Seinfeld is kind of like does a similar thing to Seinfeld. It's actually Clerks by the Kevin Smith film. Mm. In that, Mm. that is a film about people having conversations that people might actually have. Where Seinfeld is a show about people having conversations, like the pilot episode, which we we, previous episode, um, like our first episode. In fact, don't listen to that because it will be utter trash. (laughs) 
But like Worse Jerry and George, Jerry and George are having a conversation which you might have with a friend. Like even if you didn't have a podcast with them, I might be like, "So Sam, do you think like I think the example is like, do you think Superman can run faster than the Flash?" And like we're just sat having coffee and like there's something there's some realism about that that I think Kevin Smith does very well in Clerks from a film perspective. But I think Seinfeld is kind of like the, the sort of like the seed of this on mainstream TV of like yeah. actually there is something really engaging about just watching you know people have conversations yeah and watching ourselves and you, uh, the, the examples you mentioned there i mean always sunny is for me is like the child of seinfeld it really is because it, and it's kind of like it's kind of dialed up even more because these you know the, the characters in always sunny in philadelphia are even more obnoxious even more disgusting and slovenly and morally bankrupt and and actually like there's a there's a there's a there's a funny thing in Seinfeld is that they are pretty horrible. Like, they're, you know, they're all very self-obsessed people and they spend most of their time, you know, I mean, George is the, is, is the main example, but even even the rest of them, they're all they're all on the grift. They're all trying to get away with something at yeah. some point. But there's also like this warmth and friendliness to them. And I think so much of that comes from the chemistry between the characters. Now, I've watched a few interviews of 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 uh, you know of them all together afterwards, and you know, obviously they all look old. But 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 what's what comes across is that these people really really got on with each other. They managed to bring together four people, and obviously the the cast and crew, you know, the, the the rest of the cast and crew, to create like to to bottle magic in a way that we've we've seen a lot of shows like this where I mean Friends is another one. Let's not talk about Friends again, but. There's, there's... <laughs> Welcome to Friends Cast. Every week, friends, friends, friends. Which friend are you most like? Which friend is going to do this this week? Friends. We were on a break. Uh, it, th- there's all of these different. There's all of these different things that come through the characters that makes them actually really like. They're really engaging. They're really nice. They're like because they are. They feel real as well. They feel like real people as much as they are caricatures. As much as they're dialed up to up to eleven, you know. And I, I mean, talk about George. Like there's the, Larry um, uh, Jason Alexander has talked about how in the first few episodes, and and I, and I think it's like episode five. He said he was kind of like playing. Um, uh, Woody Allen and he was gonna you know that's that's the thing he had in his head of, I'm gonna be Woody Allen and then he realized after about five or six episodes that it's actually Larry David that that's who he's playing he's playing the writer of the show who was sitting there directing him who was sitting there telling him what to, and, and I think that to me like sums up the the thing with Seinfeld is that it's it's kind of like it's a heightened reality but there is so much reality in there it's, there's so much observation because that's where, especially Seinfeld comes from. He comes from his observational humor, you know, which is now completely. What's the deal with the peanuts? Like all that, that's that's completely um, been kind of like eaten up a little bit. But really, this is observational humor, you know. I mean, let's talk about the uh, the Chinese restaurant episode, which is one um, of one of my favorites. You are right, Sam. Just just before we get to the Chinese restaurant episode, um, oh, I just I just kind of want to like agree. With that, and say that write what you know is quite often like a phrase that gets parroted around, kind of like yeah. not that we're writers. I mean, again, watch this space. Um, but like, <laughs> it gets parroted around like write what you know, and and I think that this is a prime example of a lot of things. It's actually probably the most successful example of let's we like this guy, 
let's have you know what I mean let's make let's build a TV show around him. I mean maybe maybe you could argue the Fresh Prince is like possibly like a more successful or as successful TV show based around do you know what I mean? You had the Ellen show and um Roseanne and like there's there's quite a few shows that are like the you know this there is a Sarah Silver Silverman show um, and she's in Seinfeld as well. We were just moaning about how much yes. we dislike her. Um, and like, there's quite this happens quite a lot where a studio or a, a network will basically say like, we really like person X. Like, let's give them a platform on which to like do a thing. Sometimes it's sketch comedy. I think Seinfeld is actually like a big risk in terms of like, actually, in the early series of Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld is a terrible actor, and he doesn't get that much better. <laughs> You just get used to it. But like, what the, the clever thing they did was they surrounded him by three excellent actors, and it kind of like yeah. makes up for the fact that he is, he is, he is breaking in every booking scene. Like, and he just isn't delivering these lines very well. And the only believable bits are when he's it's actual footage of his stand up. Yeah, he he is he, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is an atrocious actor, and what. <laughs> And, and, and he's what, got but, billions of dollars to show for it. Yeah, but but again, again, there's a self awareness to all this. There's a self, and I wanted, I do want to talk about the Chinese um, restaurant episode in a second. There's a self awareness to all this because later on, when they're um, pitching the pilot for the TV show called Jerry, um, George and and, uh, and and Seifeld in in universes is there. <laughs> They halfway through, like it gets cancelled because one of the executives is kind of like, well, you know, he's just terrible. Jerry can't act. He's absolutely atrocious. Like he's just nothing. And so there's like it's like all these layers. Let's talk about the Chinese um, restaurant episode because I think this is one of the best ones, one of my favourite because it sums up the kind of the show about nothing thing, which again is a bit overblown, but I think is, you know, there is there is there is some accuracy to that. In my mind, I would say it's a, and not to this way, to, um, you know, throw you off again. It's a show about minutia. Like, yeah. So it's not about nothing. Well, that... It's just about the minutia. Like, you know, a plot for an episode might be a, a great, the Chinese restaurant is a great episode. But I think in my mind, the great, the best, like, minutia episode is when they go go to buy that, um, is, it a, is it a TV or is it a, a chair they they go to the and, and it's all just them in a parking garage yeah like well that's yeah, the the the, the well that, that's another one there's so but right to talk about chinese restaurant episode for <laughs> no, a second no no there's one thing we need to talk about first no, Dan. shut up because I'm, I'm to serve your point it's almost almost every episode early on is a bottle episode and you basically contain these characters in a parking garage in a Chinese restaurant or whatever else, and you and you kind of just like you. you th- th- what they manage to do is they just cram them together. They cram these characters together, and they bring in other people as well. But they basically don't create any room for anything to happen, other than the small observational nuances, the minutiae that you're talking about. And so it kind of like it. it you end up with this. You end up with a, a kind of like a magnifying glass over the situation. Where everything is turned up, and so when they're when you know when Jerry, um, when Elaine is forced to try and tip the 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 maitre d at the restaurant or the you know the the guy, and she's so awkward about it. Like 
what do I do? And they're, and they're like, oh, yeah, we do it all the time. You know, you just kind of put it in your hand and then you shake his hand and then, you know, and it goes completely wrong for her because she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't work. He takes the money and is like, thank you. And then they don't get the table. You know, there's all of these things of like, and that is that is an awkwardness. It's an awkward situation that perhaps we've been in. Of how, how do I do this thing? This weird social thing. But they but they manage to like squeeze so much humor out of these small, tiny little details of minutiae that you that you've said. And that I think is why it works so well, you know, because otherwise, what do you have to do? You have to do Ross and Rachel and you know, uh, Phoebe's having triplets. <laughs> like and then and then you're turning into the zaniest, wildest sitcom plots. Uh, even even someone like Frasier ends up having to like lean on because you you kind of need that content. Whereas there is no content in Seinfeld that in, you could observably see. In Seinfeld, yeah, it's the content in Seinfeld. It are those awkward social interactions. It's that like literally. I mean, you said it off the top. Like, what's the deal with aeroplane food? Like, that's all the content that is in Seinfeld because it's kind of like. Every week we're going to pick one or two things and we're going to kind of shine a light on it. Like we get an episode with, you know, Uncle Leo as like a first and he's like, oh, it's this uncle and he's a bit weird and Jerry's and what's he grabs the arm. doesn't want to offend him and like, and you know, and Jerry's afraid his parents will tell him off because he's been rude to his And it's like, there's a lot of realism there. It's actually none of it interesting. Like on paper, that social interaction is something we all, we're all familiar with, but it's not yeah. interesting. But they write it in such a way that it's engaging, and it's what's frustrating because you know when you think, ah, oh, yeah, I could be a, t- I could be a TV writer. What's that? I've hundred and two hundred episodes of a podcast. Like, and it's like, well, if you if we if we sat down tomorrow and tried to write a sitcom about, you know, going to the post office or <laughs> being stuck in traffic. Like no, no, nobody wants to fucking read that. Nobody is interested in your shit. And and yet, and yet, when you look at something like this, it is so base. The, 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 you know, there is there is nothing really going on. But the magic, I think, is that you've got these characters which manage to kind of like reflect on, which manage to kind of react in a way that that puts you off guard. There's things that you wouldn't expect. Now, my favorite character in all Seinfeld is George. By, like, just a massive, massive way. Jason Alexander. There is a lot of George Costanza in all of us, and that is the true genius. The he is my spirit animal. Exactly, <laughs> of that character. Because George Costanza, he is despicable. He's lazy. Yeah. He's self obsessed. Um, he has, what's the word? Um, he has the highest standards despite being, like, short, fat, and bald. And, yeah. like, only wants the best for himself and there's there's a lot of that that like i think every single person like, has a facet of them that is costanza-esque he's petty he's mean he's nasty in a way that is you know designed to make it so it doesn't come back on him he hates his parents he hates his job he hates his friend he hates all of his girlfriends like there's something just nihilistic about him that i think just I'm like d- sings out like a siren song to like the slob and the egotist and the, you know, the why me in every one of yeah. us. I think that, like, honestly, so funny to watch. I'm disturbed. I'm depressed. I'm inadequate. I've got it all. You know, like there's 
there's something about this there's, there's something about george that i think is I, so... I think i think my favorite bit is um you know the episode where uh jerry's uh george and jerry's friend from school tells george that he's lying about um he's lying about having uh had cancer and um as he goes george i'm living a lie and george goes George goes, you're only living one lie? I'm living like 40. And there's just this like, <laughs> this perfect kind of thing about like, yes, I'm a despicable individual and that's great. Yeah. And that to me, like that really, again, because, you know, like I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I try and keep going and keep, but really it's sometimes I'm just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you all, you know, layered with a, with a healthy spoonful of, you know, inadequacy. Self. Um, self-deprecation like if you just yeah. George really despises himself as well which I think kind of like all oh, just muddles it together into this wonderfully and and, and and that's where that's where Jason Alexander who is a classically trained actor like this guy and oh I mean you should go on YouTube and, and, and uh, watch the videos of him discussing the, the character because he is so articulate like he is so he completely understands to the very core of like who the character is and how to you know how to sell a line all these things and really it comes down to the fact that once once he realized that larry david is who is who is playing is that on one hand larry david hates himself and also thinks that he deserves lots at the same time (laughs) <laughs> and so and so this is and that's that completely sums up george who is like yeah i you know i've have got to have this layer of of complete inadequacy that exists permeates around everything that that you know that i am but also thinks he should get the beautiful woman thinks he should get the job you know and just and um, my favorite my favorite one is you know the episode where george quits um his job and then does it in a you know, like the most outrageous, offensive way possible, swearing at the at his boss and everything, and then realizes what he's done. You know, comes home, he's elated, and realizes, oh shit, I'm unemployed. You know, and that, <laughs> and then and then proceeds to simply go back to work and the, Try you know, and the next day. Like it never happened. Yeah, um, what? I was that was a joke. Recently. I was joking. Hold on, just say, Larry David did that in real life. He did it on SNL because he hated he hated Saturday Night Live and he and so he'd have these mass massive tirades, would quit and then would come back, uh, and did it several times of just like oh yeah I was joking well, no what do you mean I mean it's, can't take a joke you know that was that was uh, hilarious it's, it's funny, and that's amazing like that is amazing to channel that. There was something I was watching and I, I really wish we'd done any research for this. Uh, there was something I was watching semi recently, which means uh, I've done the maths. Uh, it was made at some point in the last 25 years um, <laughs> where they reference like someone quits a job and they reference like, oh, well, why don't you do a Costanza? Like, why don't you mm. just why don't you just go back in and pretend like you never quit? Yeah, um, it's a good because it's like and, and I think we mentioned off the top that like it's hard as two British guys to like really, I think, assess the cultural impact of Seinfeld, where like obviously we watched it recently, really. Um and we weren't the target audience when it came out because, you know, we were very small children. But, like, I know from listening to other podcasts by Americans that, like, it is really pervasive. It's kind of, like, on a par with Simpsons, maybe, in terms of for a certain generation of, like, quotability and referenceability and, like, 
it is that cultural touchstone, which it has become for us, certainly. And like, certainly in the wider internet community, I'm now like, oh yeah, that's a joke I now understand because mm. I've watched nine seasons of this TV show from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it is quite a, it is quite a catchphrase show, you know, as, as well. Like there is, there, there is quite a lot of it that is quite conventional in that sense. Um, maybe not like, you know, uh, individual characters having their own catchphrases, but there's, you know, I mean, I, probably our favorite one is, uh, not there's anything wrong with that, you know, from, from the, I think it's the episode where, oh, what happens? Jerry it's the, is being it's the outing, isn't it? Is being interviewed by a, a a college student about being a comedian, presumably, uh, yeah. and George happens to be in the apartment when she comes, and basically they sound like a couple, so she thinks they're gay. So then they have this whole, um, which is great again, like this whole but, like but, gay but panic, uh, but yeah. but they're not because like i say not there's anything wrong with them being gay they just want this attractive woman to understand that they aren't gay because she's attractive like that's the issue it's not that it's not that there's anything wrong with you know what and whereas um here's 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 another shot we can take at friends friends (laughs) this plot in friends which is a fucking show that took place 10 years later started 10 years later the joke would have been that there is something somehow wrong with being gay like and there's a lot more genuine gay panic in that whereas in seinfeld it's not that there's not that there's anything wrong with that and we will just keep keep saying that that forever um (laughs) that's what i'm saying it's not like anti-gay it's that if this woman thinks they're gay then neither of them can sleep with her and that's that that therein lies the problem the self-loathing and the inadequacy and the and and that i mean that is a friends is a fucking wildly homophobic show never not even not even talking about the fucking transphobia, which is like, it is mind blowing. It is mind blowing that we. I'm completely astounded just how, like, just how actively and. Uh, it's not even. It, it's not even mean spirited. It's it's, it's just really sound, reveling. It's just casually homophobic. No, no, but no, I'm talking about the transphobia, which oh you know, yeah, with Chandler's dad. I mean, all, all of it's exceptional, but but there is, you know, those those type of like, again, it's not necessarily catchphrases, but those little things that I think you can reference that come back, um, add to the the kind of the 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 the, the lore almost of Seinfeld, and that's the one thing with and and watching it through, I think for the second time now. And I'm on season five or something. Like Third it is or a quite possibly fourth time. It, I'm it not is even joking. Yeah, it is amazing how much they reference other stuff in the show. Now, it, you, you know, the show about nothing and all that stuff. But there is like a rich tapestry of characters, situations, and events that they constantly go back and reference. You know, like in a way that I I wasn't I don't think I really noticed it the first time around I mean there's a Susan um, the NBC oh, poor Susan. executive I think, I think Susan might be the, the most ill-treated character in anything ever but she, she, she so she's in it earlier on and then I see an entire season later she comes back there's no there's no 
There's no well, like uh, do you want me to Janice sum up Susan's arc, Sam, because it's hilarious. Well, hold, do, yeah, go on. So she comes in. She's she works for NBC. She dates George briefly. George burns down her father's cabin, outs him, outs her father as gay. Again, not not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, <laughs> makes her quit her job, breaks up with her. She then comes back later on, and she's in a relationship with a woman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong, of course. <laughs> and then she comes back a third time um, when George just goes and proposes to her. Then she's in the season... As, and this is the great, this is the genius of Seinfeld. Is Susan's actually quite like a reasonable, level-headed, relatable. She's human a normal being. person relative like, to the. Yeah. And in Seinfeld, that makes her a fucking supervillain. So George then spends an entire season trying to avoid her while they're planning this wedding, and then at the end of it, she dies. <laughs> <laughs> she now, just dies. If you if if you'd come in in season nine or whenever she dies. Like you'd be like, what the fuck? Where's, you know, considering considering the reputation this show has of being, no hugs, no lessons, show about nothing. Like it all actually, there is just there is a heck of a lot going on, and you would be confused as shit, in the way that Friends has. You know, once a season they bring back Janice, so you kind of know that's coming. They they have your Christmas episodes, they have the Thanksgiving episode, they have. All of the other kind of like things that you recognise, you're ready. It's very like safe. You TV, have the guest whereas... stars. Oh, the guest stars. Well, let's let's talk about the supporting it's cast. Bruce Willis moment. and who's he? Which one of the friends is he gonna bang? <laughs> he's actually he is actually the dad is someone, isn't he? I... Yeah, and he starts sleeping with Ray. He is God, fuck your friends. He is the dad of the <laughs> college student Ross. Ross is the most despicable human being. He is an absolute terrible. Honestly. Person, he is the dad of the college student that Ross is sleeping with, um, who ends up going out with Rachel. Ah, uh, God! So there's all there's all, there's there's all of these things, and 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 Seinfeld's kind of like, yeah, well, we're not going to have any of that. What we're going to have is some random. I mean, they, they, again, they even make reference to to things that have happened before. You know, like. There's just so much of these. The IQ tests. I mean, that's a great episode as well of George. Trying to cheat on an IQ test <laughs> by getting Elaine to do it, and then, and then Elaine ends up getting it completely wrong the first time, and so the, uh, is it, the complexity is insane. But really, you know, we don't have any of these same like tent poles, and and let's not forget that Seinfeld. I think there's only other two. There's there's only two other shows that. Um, did this i'm going to try and find it but basically it finished at the top of its ratings um in the last two seasons which is quite amazing that's only only it's quite the, rare isle of lucy and the andy griffith show finished their runs at the top of the ring so that shows like that there's something about this show that we got better and better and basically the 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 backstory and the the, the complexity of, what of Seinfeld, I think, is is, so is what people yeah. Well, early episodes came like, to like love. I mentioned of Uncle Leo earlier or Newman. Like there's loads of like second and <laughs> hello third. Newman. Newman, there's lots of, like second and third tier characters in in Seinfeld. Um, you know, and like by having them in it occasionally, like 
you know, when you meet Jerry's parents, like Jerry's other parents, of course, um, before they recast the dad, uh, or George's parents, oh, yeah. where, where before they before they recast the dad. Um, I love Jerry like, Stiller. I do love Jerry Stiller as Jerry Stiller. As... Serenity now. <laughs> um, Jerry Stiller is is phenomenal, but like all the second tier characters, like what they add isn't so much like we're gonna have a, you know, a, a Jerry Stiller episode or we're gonna have a Newman episode. What it allows you to do is kind of have like a bit like The Simpsons. Like we have this cast of characters we can call upon when we have a plot where Homer's doing something and he needs, you know, and he needs somebody who can drive and you're like all right well he's got barney or you know he needs somebody who can be working at a crusty burger and you're like well you've got a character for that we've got somebody to do that and seinfeld by the end of its run had that so you can have like a much more cerebral silly like really batshit insane plot and and it be and and have that extra baked in fact that it's funny like you're the recurring mm-hmm. um the recurring gay couple they have names in the canon but i can't remember them um and it's like uh, what have you done to the the Puerto Rican flag um on the the Puerto Rican uh Puerto Rican day Puerto Rican yeah. day and they're like they're in about only about three episodes but like by having that that you can like call back to be like oh it's these it's these scary street toughs except they're a gay couple and they're gonna beat the living shit out of George or Jerry or, or whoever like by having characters like that and like Newman and like um jerry stiller who can just sort of come in and provide that extra level levity without having to have a plot that establishes who they are i think mm-hmm. is like the benefit of a show like seinfeld which, which remains well written and remained good up until it finished its run yeah yeah which is which really is an achievement isn't it in in itself let's let's talk about um julia louise uh, dreyfus who one of my favorite actresses, you know, possibly even my favorite. She, she's just, she's just like, she she understands comedy in a way that I think is is quite amazing. And obviously, Veep is another show that we've watched for oh, the podcast. I think, do you know what? It's it's hard to it's hard to pick one of those performances, isn't it? Because I think that she's wonderful in Seinfeld. I think she's, but she's very much fourth fiddle. I think is my only made my only criticism perhaps is that it's the jerry and george show and then it becomes the kramer and jerry and george show and like yeah. so elaine takes a back seat whereas veep is like it's 140 well, percent louise dreyfus all of the time yeah um which is which is amazing she was a network note a female character was a network note um of course a good, in the a good pilot op- it was the uh the waitress who was terrible yeah yeah and and i think you bring on someone like that who who again she's got you know she's a classically trained actor she's got the comedic timing and you know the the just this ability to be kind of like she's funny and vulnerable and and like an asshole just like the rest of them she's she not, can do she's it all there she's not there doing the marge thing where she gets to wag a finger at, at the stupid men you know she is obnoxious as the rest of them she's and self-involved like, she's vain She's as up for a maniacal plan as anyone else. She is just as horny as every other character. Um, And she's like, and they do this great thing with Elaine um, where a bit like they do with George sometimes where like Elaine can be this like, like this really unattractive, stupid klutz. And then 
you know, on a switch on a dime, and she's like this incredibly ac- accomplished, gorgeous woman, and like, and it really is the writing, and it's how Dreyfus is like portraying the role. I think like whatever you need, you can do. And we talked earlier about like how you've hit the jackpot when you cast like a you cast some characters like some actors like these who have just got the range to do do it all. You know, yeah. like you want them to be maniacal and like and elaine has some maniacal plots you remember the episode where they're her and jerry are trying to break this couple up so that they can date the man and the woman once <laughs> they've broken them up yeah. and like and that is like so they, there's this incredibly elaborate scheme they've got to force these two people apart and into their respective arms and it's despicable mm-hmm. but it's so well played i think because like you know elaine can do that yeah, she's she's great, and and again, Veep is one of my favorite shows. Like that's just, it, it it's quite an amazing thing, and and you know what? Again, you go you go and watch interviews of of uh, you know Louise Dreyfus, and she's fucking hilarious. She's absolutely hilarious, and and I think it gum it comes to the chemistry between the actors as well, which again, which is I think so so well balanced, um, and. And that leads us to Kramer, Michael Richards. He's like there's kind of like a, a chaotic good, I think, thing with Kramer. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, I, I, I kind of there's Lovable something so doofus. Yeah, like. but but he's also like the self confidence. I sometimes think of you as being a little bit like Kramer, Dave, because <laughs> I think you've got you, you you've this got before. your. And, I, I, have, and, I, and I still haven't decided whether I'm offended by that or not. It's really oh, hard you to shouldn't pin be it offended, down. Except if, except if you should. But there's, there's, there's a, there's a self confidence to you and Kramer, Dave, that I think is, uh, is, is brilliantly positioned in the show. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's happy. He's, you know, he goes around. He becomes a, a model in L.A. You know, he, he's an, he's, he, he's just got this. He's just got ability to just ingratiate himself with whatever's going on. He's always got a guy, you know what I mean? There's always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's just, there's just this great richness to it. You know, it's a real shame, Michael Richards. It's a real shame, everything that happened with that incident. And and I kind of, and I really, I've, I've watched, there's a there's a great interview between him and um, Jerry Seinfeld on, um, you know, that show that comedians getting coffee or whatever, where he, where he quite candidly talks about it and how he was, how he was kind of, you know, the regret he feels about that, and how he's quite aware that he kind of tarnished his entire reputation and his, and his legacy as well. Like yeah. it's difficult to talk about because I think Michael Richards is like, let's talk about the performance, and it's always hard when like inevitably a fucking star turns out to be a scumbag um, mm-hmm. because you know Hollywood corrupts people. Not even Hollywood because this is TV, but like. You know, stardom, like, it just makes people think they can say and do what they like. Um, you know, like Mel Gibson, who still hasn't been cancelled for some reason. Um, you know, or um, Liam Neeson, who is a horrible individual who said some really disgusting things and still oh, gets yeah. work. And like, I'm not trying to make any excuses for Michael Richards at all, because I don't think that's our place at all. But it makes it incredibly difficult to even talk about his performance in this TV show without being like... Yeah, and then he did something really, said something really offensive and stupid and thoughtless and, like, got himself cancelled. And, like, obviously, yes, shouldn't be saying or thinking or doing any of those things. 
but then fucking two white guys on a podcast in 2022 are going to really struggle to talk about how great you were on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. And 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 what he said was extremely terrible, like making references to lynching and Jim Crow. I mean, plus the N-word. Like all of it, and you think, come on, like what the fuck? And it, it, you know what it is? It's selfishly, it's selfishly that thing of if Tom Hanks ended up tomorrow being, don't you even know, think it, Sam. <laughs> being an Epstein Island uh, uh, frequent, like it would be crushing because you have this like emotional attachment to these actors because of the performances <laughs> they've played. And I'm like, I love, I love Kramer. I love, I love like the act, the character, and. He's obviously Kramer, and yet, so it's kind of like it's very selfish, but also, come on, dude, you can't say these things, and he's paid the price for it, rightly so, you know, with his career. Yeah. I mean, he, he's he's getting his check for a hundred million a year or whatever it is I mean, the next five again, years, so he's all right. Let's, let's not, not too, let's not worry about Michael Richards. He's he's fine. Um, yeah. You know, he's smoking yeah. gold plated cigars and laughing and entering rooms very quickly. Um, <laughs> but I think the Kramer character is like a, a perfect foil to. Like early on in Seinfeld, um, Kramer is kind of like he's the wack. He is the like, he is the wacky kind of like chaotic. Like I said the chaotic good, you know, the guy who's gonna just he just appears and do his own thing and like get them involved in loads of schemes. Later on, I guess that kind of like gives away a little bit to every character is is that has has become Kramer in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But we still have that, like you said, that that wild confidence. Um, you know, you have the also like quite naivety to Kramer where he quite often like says and does things that are quite naive and like genuine the only character on Seinfeld to like express genuine concern over other people you know like yeah that genuine that's kind of like a recurring thing is he's the only one who's like oh I wonder if they were right and everyone else is like ah who cares and so it's like a it's a really weird performance but again like it's range and so much of comedy is timing and like knowing what's going to be funny and when. And, um, and but and, if you and, haven't done it, if you haven't done it, everyone listening should uh, look up. There's a compilation on YouTube of every time Kramer enters Jerry's apartment. I was just about like, to mention the exact same thing. And like, honestly, <laughs> that will bring you so much joy. It brings me so much joy. That and that's... or uh, the the musical number. There's two in Seinfeld, but there's one with Kramer with... Where my baby takes the morning train, and it's when he's pretending to be a stockbroker at this company, and he has no idea what he's doing, and he's just kind of like doing, like drinking with them, and like see, Dave, doing this is why this is why you're like Kramer, because I I could believe that you could do that. I believe you have the self confidence <laughs> and the delu- and the self delusion. Don't forget the self delusion. To pull it off, so trouble is that, uh, it's a compliment. In the nineteen nineties, it was much easier to gain access to buildings, and you couldn't just Google somebody and figure out whether they were meant to be there or not. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I genuinely think, oh, here's here's the thing, completely separate. How hard do you think it would have been to attain to have attained a free education before the internet? Like, oh, God. if you've got the money, if to we just, had that to power live, now. right, you could just turn up to a campus and just start going to lectures. And just yeah. be like, oh no, I'm meant to be here. It must be mistaken. Put on it's some, put through. on some very like loud, um, colourful t-shirt. Uh, you know, like jumpsuits, uh, parachute pants, and just uh, you know. Hello, <laughs> like, fellow like, children. What's yeah, happening? Like, 
Like uh, what's his face in uh, like Buscemi? You just yeah, you know, I think that was like that Buscemi. I know, I know. We're, <laughs> we're the same person. We're the same person. Today. We need to spend time with other people. Um, Maybe yeah, I am Kramer. Like, uh, I really want to try that. Like, this is what I want you to do, Dave. This is what I want you to do. I want you to set up a camera. I want you to walk through a door very fast. Uh, you know, just, I want you to, just over and over and over again. I want my own compilation. Then we can compare it to Michael Richards' performance and see, you know, let's, let's, the trouble let's, is, Sam, I reckon, let's stop I there reckon, on any, com- well, hold I on, let's stop there, Let, we're there because let's stop there on any other, any other comparisons to Michael Richards' performance. I shouldn't follow Michael Richards' career. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> just walk through true. doors, that's it, stop. Just walk through doors. I do suspect Harry might out-Kramer me on that. He's got that kind of like Michael Richards' gangliness. Like, mm-hmm. he's got that physicality. Um, he did oh, it once, can't remember where we, I can't remember where we were. Where we were, I think we were in the house, and he just kind of like burst into the room, like intentionally doing like a Kramer, a Kramer thing, and I was just like in stitches because it was just. Uh, did everyone laugh? Because he gets a good cheer, Kramer, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Me in my head, and went woo, woo, it's Kramer. <laughs> well, there we go. I think we've uh, we've given that a fair a fair go. You know, I love Seinfeld because e- even though it's a show about nothing, even though it isn't. There's so much to enjoy. There's like it, it's like a warm embrace at the end of the day. You sit, watch a few episodes of that. It feels good. And you know what? In 1990, whatever, when there was a wasteland of nothingness and there was no internet, this is what people needed. You know, this is what we this is what we need at the time. And the legacy of it, of all the other shows we mentioned at the beginning, like that, just to me sums up why it's the best sitcom ever. Is it possible? Yeah, and. I would I tend to agree, and just one last fi- um like you know um final uh, um fuck my brain's just gone absolutely fucking shy. One last final, final broadside same. into Friends. Um, it was this <laughs> or fucking Joey buys a duck. Great, what a plot! What a plot line. <laughs> Joey, yeah, Joey buys a duck, or uh, you know the. the the episode where he gets locked in the TV cabinet or they play American football. Or he the gets problem is, the though, I've seen Friends. stuck on his head. Oh, I've seen Friends so many, so much more because it's been on TV for longer. So I know and the like, episodes This is the tough thing. Is, is Not that Friends is really terrible, bad or at all, really. On the whole, Friends is quite good. But also on the whole, Friends has aged like a show, you know, where it is quite homophobic. It's really yeah. transphobic. It's really gender normative in quite a lot of ways. Like even down to like allowing the male and female characters in Friends only to do things that would traditionally be done by males and females. The the women work in fashion, cooking, and massage. <laughs> like, and that's not even to mention the fact that there is literally no significant peoples of color in the entire series. There's what like Ross's girlfriend, like in season in like season in season nine. <laughs> <laughs> like towards the end, like shit, we have not, we have done nothing for nine years. We need something. We need some, a little bit of diversity yeah. for the last two years. That's it. Fuck you, friends. Fuck you. Why do we hate yeah, friends? Um, Next episode so I, coming I, I on your feed. This episode in the in the notes in the show notes. Just like so. Listen to why we fucking hate friends. <laughs> Although I kind of friends is all right. Yeah. I mean, again, like previous episode, go back and listen to our uh, our friends episode, and we'll probably say how much we like friends. But also yeah. probably lambing it for its flaws. We are nothing if inconsistent. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
Right, Dave, this has been fun. Uh, I love Seinfeld, so do you. These and pretzels you do are making too, me thirsty. <laughs> 